Hey, 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 welcome to Cavalry Student Connection. I'm Kaysen Kelly, and I'm here today with my dear friend, Madison Banks. Hey guys, welcome back. We're so glad that you joined us today. We are going to be talking about dependency on the Lord today. And I was wondering, have you ever been in a situation where you had to place your full trust in the Lord? question um, and as Christians we have many times in our lives where we realize that we are gonna fall short and we do have to put our full dependency on the Lord um, so kind of just giving a, a story testimony of a time in my life where I had a very pivotal moment of having to depend on the Lord um, was when I was transitioning from graduating college to moving into the big girl world. <laughs> so I went from um, being in college and I had an internship at the time and I knew I needed a full-time job um, and I definitely wanted to stay in HR, um, but I didn't know if it was going to be in Stephenville or if I was going to move over into you know DFW, that kind of area. Um, and so that was a big moment of uncertainty, not knowing what the future looked like. Um, a lot of natural fear came from that moment as well. Um, so in that season, along with the job, um, also having to figure out just the logistic things, you know, where was I going to live, things like that. Um, and so one of the most important parts in that season was lots of prayer, um, and realizing that, um, whatever I chose, I wanted it to be what God wanted for me. And I wanted to glorify God in my decision. And so, um, like I said, lots of prayer went into, you know, God, where do you want me? Where am I going to fit best? Um, and I did have to take action in those moments. So I actually applied for a full-time position at my current job where I was interning. Um, and I actually got the job. So that was really cool. And even then I was still like, is this it for me? So yeah. I kept praying about it. I talked to wise counsel, you know, talking to my mentor, um, family that are really deeply rooted in, um, the Lord. Um, so I knew that they were praying for me as well. And then I finally just felt like this peace about the decision of staying with that job. Um, but I knew that that peace came from the Lord and I knew if I didn't feel that peace about the decision that I wasn't going to go to that job. Um, and in the same way about the job, I felt peace. I felt the same way about my new place where I was going to live. Um, and so that was a big moment in my life, um, that I could not have done on my own and that I didn't need to do on my own. Um, but it showed me how truly weak I am on my own, but through that God gives so many answers and gives so much peace, um, in those seasons. That's awesome. Yeah, and you made a lot of good points in there. Yeah. Um, I'd like to go back and kind of unpack that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, first, do you remember when you started having those feelings of uncertainty about where you were moving or what job you 
you'd go into? Yeah, so I think that, and this is probably very natural just because of the season of life. So um, in the same way, like whenever you're graduating high school, um, you're like, okay, where am I going to go to college? Am I going to go to college? Am I going to start at a new job or something like that? That season, that uncertainty came from when I knew I was going to graduate. It was kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. what's next? Yeah. Um, I knew that a decision had to be made. So it's almost like you were forced into that season of, God, what am I supposed to do here? Um, I know you have really great plans for me, but what are they? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that is the big question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like that uncertainty kind of popped up when you realized that you were about to graduate. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And would that be like beginning a senior year? Um, earlier, later? It was a little bit later. I guess it was... It was probably like the almost whenever the second semester started. So of your senior year, yeah, okay, yeah. So three months before you graduate, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty stressful. Yeah, very stressful. When did you apply for that job that you got? Probably like late December. There was a lot of changes that were happening within the company at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, really, actually, there was no HR positions for many, many years. So I honestly already thought I was going to move back to the DFW area. But then all of a sudden, it was just like all these things are falling into place. That position opened up my current position now. And I was like, is this where I'm supposed to go with? Like, why did this just open up? A position hasn't opened up in eight years in HR. (laughs) Like, what is this? Yeah. and looking at it now, it's like, wow, God really like allowed all of that to fall into place mm-hmm. for me to be where I am now. Yeah. But at the time, it was very scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, know? I can I can imagine. Yeah. Um, when you got accepted to that job, mm-hmm. when you landed that position, is that when you kind of realized that uh, God's plan for my life is in this moment to be here? Yes. Did you have that sense of peace and certainty at that moment? Yeah, I think that once I got the job, I was really excited because I was like, okay. But at the same time, I still had that tiny bit of like, mm-hmm. I, am I sure this is it? Am yeah. I sure this is it? Um, but then I, when I continued to pray and in really my prayers were for that. So it's like he answered them so, mm-hmm. so perfectly. But I was just still like, well, I just want to make sure this is what God wants for me. Okay. Um, but yes, eventually the peace came and it was like, okay, yes, this is it. This is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. This is what he has for me right now. And he's going to, you know, teach me so much just in staying here in Stephenville. Yeah. And the mindset that you're describing sounds a lot like what I try to have when I go into a big decision. Mm-hmm. So it's always or rather I should say it's never I'm doing this and I go full force into one option or the other. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like baby steps in the direction that I think God is nudging me. Yeah. So for example, uh, back when I was graduating with my undergrad degree in animal science, mm-hmm. it would have been this past December, December of 2019, I was trying to decide what I was going to (laughs) do with the rest of my life, basically. And at that time, it came down basically to two locations Mm -hmm. that I would be living. Uh, I was either going to California to a Bible Institute, or I was staying in Stephenville and interning with Calvary Fellowship Pleasant Hill. And 
you know, I've said before, even on the podcast, that I don't think that there is necessarily a right or a wrong answer in this specific case, but I do feel that the path that I chose, which is to stay in Stephenville, mm -hmm. um, was definitely the best place for me. Yeah. And at that time and still currently, I'm extremely satisfied with the work that God is doing at Calvary. And it's awesome to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. But in that decision, um, I actually was starting to fill out an application to that Bible Institute in California. And I thought that that was the direction in which God was pulling me. So I started taking baby steps, you know, start the application. That's good. Mm -hmm. um, and then a couple things just didn't quite fall into place for me mm -hmm. when I was trying to get my mind set on moving to California. And it was through that uncertainty, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. that I kind of settled on Calvary. And... Um, I think that it is important to find that peace about the decision. Yeah. And you can't really do that. You can't do it well or effectively without being in prayer. Yes. Right. Absolutely. That is the most important aspect of these kind of decisions. So I would say prayer um, weighing your options against scripture and talking to those who are wise counsel in your life, just yeah. like you mentioned. Yeah. And how do you kind of pick those people? How do you discern who is wise counsel and who may just be telling you what you want to hear? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I think that looking at I guess you could say like the fruit of those people mm -hmm. how they act the things that they're involved in um how often you know that maybe that they're in the word different things like that and even just in conversation are they constantly talking about the Lord do you have that comfortable connection where you feel like you can talk about your faith and you know that they're actively pursuing the Lord. Um, I think that those are the type of people that you want to and you're allowed to kind of take counsel from um but yeah, it's, it's important to discern those people and make sure it's not just, um, I guess, lip service. If mm -hmm. they Maybe if they do go to the church all the time, that's great, but you want to make sure that they're actively pursuing Christ. Right. Um, and from the fruit, you should be able to see that yes. as well. Yep. <laughs> um, I don't know where I heard it, but somebody was talking about being a fruit inspector. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly <laughs> what we need to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Really one of the like things, yeah, one of the things I like that you shared just a second ago um, was talking about how the there's a couple of different details that didn't work out with the California mm -hmm. thing. Um, and I and I really like that because the Lord, our God, is like He is in the details, like He's mm -hmm. in every single part of it. And so I love that um, even when we're trying to enter our way and to see if this is the right direction, if it's not, he's going to shut it down or, and he'll give you, it's almost like he gives you peace in those moments of saying, no, that's not going to work mm -hmm. out with just the little details. So I think that's really important to know that he's involved in every single part of it. It's not just this big outside force. Like he's in every single thing, which is so good. And it makes you feel 
so loved and just knowing like how intimate he is with us when we allow that. Yeah, absolutely. And that, what you just said, got me thinking about choosing my college Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. even back that far. And boy, (laughs) we know how that went. (laughs) Um, That was not the, I was not involved in the word as much as I should have been in that part of my life, but we've talked about that before, so (laughs) we won't go there now. But even then, I, I loved to have doors slammed in my face. Yeah. Honestly, Mm -hmm. because that is an, a very defined answer. (laughs) So for example, I applied to Tarleton State and Texas A&M, and I knew that I wanted to go to one of those schools. So I got my little Tarleton cube back. You know, the, <laughs> oh, the yeah. cube says they still do accepted. those. Yeah. Actually, my mom sent a picture to me today <laughs> of Chaney, my oh, little brother, good. holding his cube. And my sister, Caitlin, got hers too. Nice. <laughs> it's just a bunch of Tarleton Texans. I up know here. it. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I got accepted to Tarleton and uh, I did not get accepted to A&M. So that made my choice extremely easy. Very clear. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it when (laughs) I get denied. Yeah. That's super easy to discern the answer there. Yeah. And I think we can naturally be upset if we had our hearts set on something. But you know from that rejection that they say that rejection is the Lord's protection. Mm -hmm. And so he had something so much better for you at Tarleton. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I hate to go here. Uh, you know, I don't want to go here, but it is the same way in relationships. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I've been denied plenty of times, and <laughs> I thank the Lord for every single one of them. Yeah. Because I never know what He has protected me from mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. So. Yeah, going there, which we, we don't need to stay there for very long, but <laughs> um, that is very true. And I have been in seasons where I could feel God saying, no, that's not right. But you mm-hmm. kind of just go against the force and say, no, but I think it's going to be fine. Um, yeah, it's going to get better later. Yeah, and yeah. there can be lots of damage and, and hurt that comes from that. And that's another lesson within itself. But it's important to when you hear that rejection from the Lord that you are obedient to it because, um, mm-hmm. yes, he is protecting you from something. So we have been talking about some decisions that we've had to make, and I want to kind of restate Mm -hmm. that these decisions are not of our own will. These are decisions that we are to depend on God to iron out the details for. Yeah. Okay, so coming back to this whole idea of dependency, depending on the Lord, Um, I do want to look at some scripture, and we will start in Genesis 32, verse 22. And I'm just going to read down a few verses. This is the story of Jacob wrestling with God, and we are starting in verse 22. And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. And this is talking about Jacob, okay? Mm -hmm. And he took them, sent them over the brook, and sent them over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. And that man right there is capitalized, so we know that that is God. Verse 25, Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, 
and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaks. But Jacob said back, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? Jacob replied, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Verse 29, Then Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask me my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. Therefore to this day the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank. Alright, so that is a somewhat of a strange story yeah actually when you first read it you're like oh okay so god came and wrestled with jacob Mm -hmm. yeah it was like wwe smackdown (laughs) at peniel (laughs) yeah that's what it was and obviously jacob was really stubborn because he wrestled with god and he would not let god go until he blessed him Mm -hmm. that's a really strange wording so we're going to look at this a little bit closer About 20 years earlier, Jacob found his belief in Yahweh at Bethel, and he named the place Bethel, which means house of God. And he had this great spiritual experience there, and that kind of set him up for his relationship with the Lord. So he found his belief at Bethel. Now he is being sanctified at Peniel. Mm -hmm. And it seems that God came down and I guess instigated this wrestling match with Jacob and to me I think that uh, kind of shows us that sometimes God is going to call us out for things Mm -hmm. and being called out is not always a bad thing that's a good thing that's evidence of the Holy Spirit working in our lives yeah definitely doing work that is one of his core functions since the Pentecost and the Holy Spirit came down on believers So we see that God goes to Jacob, starts this wrestling match, Mm -hmm. and Jacob gets really stubborn. And the Holy Spirit will call things to our attention in our lives that are not pleasing to him. Okay, it's called conviction. And we've all been there Mm -hmm. if we're Christians. And it's not a comfortable place to be. No. You know, you get (laughs) tired. Like you're wrestling with God trying to hold on to this sin that you've come to fall in love with. Yeah. Naturally you want to keep it and hold it as tight as you can. This is mine. Yeah. My sin. But you can't be split, you know, still have that sin and then fully be pursuing the Lord because that's the whole point. He's going to pick that out of your heart. (laughs) Yeah. We're being sanctified in that. Mm -hmm. And we'll get more to sanctification in a little while, but um, God can touch us like he touched Jacob's hip Mm -hmm. and cause something to shift in our lives and that will finally give us his perspective so with Jacob God touched the socket of his hip and caused it to come out of joint you can imagine that's extremely painful yes (laughs) excruciatingly painful I have only had one dislocated joint in my body and that was my little pinky finger 
mm. playing football. Yeah, and it was not pleasant. Sure, that hurt. Yeah, <laughs> it it did hurt. I don't think I've ever had a dislocated joint. That's good. Yeah, you should keep it that way. <laughs> I want to keep it that way. Yeah, it's not recommended. <laughs> but the point is, it's painful. Yes. And when we are trying to root out that sin in our lives mm-hmm. to become more like Christ, that's not a comfortable process, and it's often compared to a fire a refiner's fire Mm. so when they're purifying gold Mm -hmm. they'll melt it down completely and then the impurities will rise and they'll scrape off the impurities and you're left with a more pure end product and that is exactly the process that we're going through Mm -hmm. when we root out this sin yeah and the transformation can look really different and when the lord's convicting you an example could be um, he could lay on your heart Um, maybe if you've hurt someone, you have to go in and ask for forgiveness or apologize to them in person. And that is obviously something we don't ever want to do. Um, it's uncomfortable. It could be painful and that's not, you know, for every situation, but that's just an example of him putting you in an uncomfortable situation to cleanse you and to transform you to, Mm. to healing and forgiveness. Yeah. So let's go ahead and dig into this word sanctification. Mm -hmm. Uh, basically it's just a fancy way to say, that God is transforming us into the image of his son. And in this, remember that our final destination is not a location, it's an image. It is the image of Christ, mm-hmm. and that is what we are to be conformed to. In Romans eight twenty nine, Paul says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Paul also tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 49, And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, that would be Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, Christ. Yeah, I think that whenever we're going through um, seasons like that, where, I mean, we are being sanctified continuously, um, but we can easily, you know, say, why? Why is this happening to me? I feel like I'm being picked on almost. But it's like, no, you're becoming more like Christ through this process. And it's instead of looking at it like you're being bullied, it's it's more like, wow, God is being so um, intentional with me. He's putting so much attention on me and he cares about me this much that he is looking at my life and allowing these situations so that I can be more like his son. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Let's look at verse 27 again. Uh, It reads, So he said to him, this is God speaking, What is your name? And then Jacob replied back. He said, Jacob. Well, Jacob, the actual name, means heel catcher or supplanter. More simply put, this would be like a deceiver. So he deceived Isaac Mm -hmm. about 20 years before this occurrence. And Isaac was his dad. Um, He deceived Isaac in taking his brother Esau's birthright. So in Genesis 27, you can read that story if it interests you. And Jacob back then did not reply to this same question with his real name. He replied Esau. He said, my name's Esau. Now we see a a bit of a change Mm -hmm. because he admits to being the supplanter. (laughs) <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So he says, well, I'm I'm Jacob. I'm just humble Jacob. And God replies by changing Jacob's name to Israel. Israel means governed by God. 
And that is an awesome shift for Jacob's life. He went from being a supplanter, a deceiver, to being governed by God. And since God took his hip out of socket, he can no longer rely on that hip to get him where he's going. And that I would see as a type of the flesh. So Jacob is no longer relying on his fleshly man to get where he needs to go in life. But he has to lean. It says down here in verse 31, and he limped on his hip. So now he has to limp, probably used a cane to get around, and that would be a constant reminder in the physical, in mm -hmm. his life, to rely on God, to lean on him and depend on him. So in this, the name governed by God is indicative of Jacob's new dependency on the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because he has to lean on that cane, he can't get around in his flesh, he has to lean on the spiritual. And if you are governed by someone or some entity, then that means that you have a certain amount of dependency on them mm -hmm. because they would be the ones setting forth the laws and the statutes that you would have to obey. So you depend on them for good laws and good regulations to govern your life. We see in Proverbs 3, 5, that we are to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So that verse is so good. <laughs> very good. And again, it's pointing us back to this decision-making process, mm -hmm. this depending on the Lord and him directing our paths, which is what we just spent the last few minutes talking about. Yeah, and I love that because when you start, <laughs> whenever you are walking through a season and you're having to make decisions and you find yourself trying to do it in your own um, power or strength, um, it's like, why would I want to depend on myself? I know I'm constantly failing, but why not depend on the Lord, the creator of everything, the one mm -hmm. that holds my future? I mean, let's lean on him. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> He should exactly. be the one. And I did want to mention... When you talked about, um, this is small, but um, Jacob humbly saying his name was Jacob, the heel mm -hmm. catcher. Um, I love that because whenever we do speak to the Lord and when we're in his presence and we're talking with him and we're working through these decisions and that kind of thing, it's important to come to him humbly, like lay it all out. He already knows what you're thinking. He knows every, every single thing about you. So it's important to let that guard down with the one person that's going to take care of you the best way possibly um so yeah just come to him humbly whenever you're going through those moments of prayer and intentional time with him during these these seasons yes that is a really good point and it kind of reminds me of psalm 32 when david was in agony over mm -hmm. hiding his sins and this was after his sin with Bathsheba and I'll just start reading in verse 3. Mm -hmm. He says, When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. Selah. I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. Okay, see, these past few verses, mm -hmm. 3 and 4, they were talking about David's feelings when he was trying to keep this sin hidden from God, mm -hmm. when he didn't relinquish it and confess 
and repent. But now there's a heart change. In verse 5, he says, I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah. And then we go into Psalm 51, and David is talking about uh, his repentance. Mm -hmm. He says, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. So in this moment in David's life, mm -hmm. he was depending on the Lord for forgiveness. And it wasn't a question of if he would be forgiven, but he was certain that he would be forgiven mm -hmm. since he asked. Um, it is God's will that we are to be forgiven for our sins. And that is the reason that he sent Jesus to the earth mm -hmm. so that we could be forgiven, justified, and join him in eternity. And we are going to wrap up the episode right there. And we are going to be putting out a second part on dependency. Part two. Because apparently we had more to talk about than we thought we did. <laughs> so look for that coming next week. And we will be discussing Paul and his physical illness that forced him to depend on the Lord. Yes. So we look forward to talking to y'all again. And y'all have a great week. We'll see you later. Bye, guys. Thank you.